Hi, welcome everyone to Mama Pang's Parenting Podcast. Um, Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, If you can subscribe so that you get all the updates as to when the new episodes come out, that's fantastic. Um, I appreciate your listenership. And if you can also leave a review, I would love to hear from you. And please share this uh, podcast with your tribe. Love to increase listenership and um, get more feedback as well. You can also go to um, the pathways to to parenting.com. That's my website. And if you're interested, um, sign up for a free consultation. It's an opportunity to either address a specific topic or concern that you have, um, or just to talk in general uh, to see if there's something you want to have more support around. So again, that's thepathways2parenting.com. And um, I believe all those links are in the bio section. So today's topic um, is vacation planning. And I know, you know, some of us have had our vacation plans canceled. I certainly understand that as we have we have also, due to COVID-19, had to cancel vacation plans. But we've also found that people are finding different ways to vacation or they're taking different precautions and they'll still be going on vacation. So I wanted to just give a, you know, a quick uh, podcast about planning your vacation and just some things to maybe that will help you make it a smoother, more memorable vacation. Um, you know, that's, that's the key to keep in mind. You're creating memories. So you want to think, be intentional as in um, what kind of memories do you want? Do you want it that we all had a meltdown and everybody left crying? <laughs> or was there some planning that you could have done ahead of time to make things a little bit smoother? So, um, you know, you've, you've booked the hotel probably with a pool, right? Because we want the kids to play in the water. Um, you know, you've bought the tickets, whether it's to the amusement park, the kids museum, um, the riverboat cruise, the, I don't know, all the different vacations that are out there. So you've bought those and you're ready to go. And you've even given it the thoughts of what all do I need to pack? And dear God, I remember when our daughter was young, I really thought we did pack everything, including the kitchen sink. Um, so I feel for you, those people that are, that are packing and making sure, you know, do we have this? Do we have that? I, I get it. But there's a lot of planning that we do. Um, but one of the things I don't think we do is plan what the vacation means to each person going. Like um, everybody thinks there's a universal understanding that vacation looks like X. And I can tell you from experience, um, you know, and my husband and I, we've been married 26 years. I can tell you from experience, we do not vacation the same way. And that took some some situations over vacationing to go, oh, oh, we have different views of what vacation means. So it I'm I'm sharing these wise words because I've lived it. So talking about what what are your plans for a vacation? Do you and your spouse see it as um, this is together family time and it's all about the kids experience and this is a joint effort and all of that? Terrific. If you know that going in, fabulous. If you don't, you want to get curious around this, find out some answers. So it's that sit down conversation as you are planning, as you are booking the tickets. So let's take, for example, you're going 
I don't know, maybe this is the year you go to Disney and you're saying, well, we're going to go to the Disney theme park on two of the days of our four day vacation. Okay, great. What are you going to do the other two days? So does your spouse assume that this is their time to completely unplug and read a book? Right? Could be. Is this um, your experience to say, you know, we're staying at, um, I don't know, a hotel that it comes equipped with a refrigerator and a small kitchen and, and your experience is, I don't want to do all the meal planning and cooking and preparing. I can do that at home. You see where I'm going with this. Does it sound like maybe you're getting a view of my vacation experience? <laughs> oh, it could happen, right? Um, so what are your plans? What does that downtime mean to you? So if you're going with young kids, you know ahead of time, nobody, unless, well, I guess I shouldn't say nobody, pretty much it shouldn't be one person doing all the work and the other person gets to completely unplug. You're going to have to, to discuss some timing around that. You know, you need um, four hours to yourself to really unplug and read a book and not, we can make four hours happen. You really, the other person says, well, I really don't want to be in charge of cooking. So yes, we have a refrigerator and we could, you know, microwave something if we needed to, the kids need a snack or, you know, we're warming up leftovers, but I don't want to cook. So, okay, well, then we can make that happen. We're going to budget you not cooking into the equation um, for the vacation. These are things you have to talk about ahead of time. So, um, you know, figure out what your expectations are. What does vacation mean to you? What do you need to get out of it? Um, and that, again, you're going to be miles ahead just by planning for some of that. Um what are some of the goals you have around what the kids need out of the vacation? So some people are very adamant that um, vacations should be completely unstructured. I don't want to have any um, set times that we eat. I don't want to have any set times that the kids have to go to bed. I don't. You need to know that ahead of time because if that's the way you want to roll, which is great, you're all on board. You can't punish the kids for their misbehavior when they're super tired or they're hungry and you're at the park and nobody planned for snacks or, right? So you see where all oh, these great ideas still need a little conversation around them. Now, I love the whole unplugged, no structured thing, but I also know in reality, a lot of kids don't do overly well when you just completely take away their restraints, right? Um, so if you're taking younger kids to Disney, you know, that sweet spot seems to be somewhere between five years and eight years old. Somewhere in there is like, that's prime. So I'm gauging a kid in that time frame. If you're getting up at dawn to get into the park so that you get better situation in line, you better plan somehow to get a nap, especially if it's a five-year-old, right? You can just only run them ragged for so much time. You'll enjoy them more. They'll enjoy the park more if you step out, get a nap in, and then go back at it or choose to go in the morning. And then by nap time, boy, the rest of the day is get a nap in and then we're going to play in the pool or however that works. Um, 
but those are important features. And the snacks, you know, we talk about hangry. Um, it's important to catch the kids before they're overwhelmed and starving. And then they want everything, but they only eat two bites because they're really super tired. And then they fall asleep and you see where that's going. So I would say honor a nap, depending on the age, honor a bedtime within reason, right? So if your kids normally go to bed at 830, they are going to think they won the lottery if they stay up till 930, 10 o'clock, right? If you don't have any boundaries and they stay up till midnight or one, everybody's going to pay for that on the flip side. So you know, yes, not, you know, we think, oh, let's not have any boundaries. Let's just be a little more relaxed in our boundaries. So that's where I would go with that one. Um, so knowing that ahead of time, being on board, because if your spouse is saying, I want no boundaries, and you're saying, I need some boundaries, there's got to be a compromise, right? And it's got to be based probably on the needs of your children. Um, around those things, you need to think a little bit ahead of what are we going to do if, right? You know, we put so much excitement if we're still on this Disney trip idea. So much excitement. Oh, we're going to go and we're going to ride all the rides and we're going to see all the characters and we're going to collect all the badges or whatever the cool thing is that they're doing. And Then the next day we're going to go to Universal Studios and you're getting so excited about that. Do that. Yes, it's fabulous. But plan a little bit for the what ifs, right? So what if your child is suddenly afraid of some of the characters? Yes, we live this as well. But I understand lots and lots of parents have experienced that. You know, they think, oh, we've talked about Pluto and, and Donald Duck and Tigger and Pooh. And then they got there and these life-size creatures walking around just like flipped their kids out and they were clinging and crying and, you know, the character breakfast was awful. Okay. Have a plan B. They're important. So, you know, um, going to those character breakfasts are great, but kind of gauge your child. Oh, they're really excited to see Snow White, but they're better if Snow White is over there and not next to them. But if that child is much more, I want to see Snow White, I want to be Snow White, I'm going to be her new best friend, fabulous. Keep that connection going. But understand where your kids' fears might be. What if there's a refusal to ride a ride? You know, I hear this in the background. This did not happen on our trip, but uh, I have talked with other parents. And if there's a refusal to do something and one parent is like, we spent all this money. You're going to ride the teacup ride. I don't, that's not going to build fond memories, right? So talk ahead of time. You know, you're thinking, oh, they're going to love every ride we go on. Um, it's a small world, drove me insane. But I think we went on it five times. That was great. But what if she had refused or what if he had said, oh, you know, I don't like the scary rides and you're at Cedar Point and all you want to do is ride the roller coasters. So you've got a plan for some of that refusal. Um, again, beware of the meltdown, guard against it, try to get some good sleep, try to have snacks somewhere in that bag because you know, whatever theme park you're at, the snacks cost $9 million each. So, and they're only going to eat half of it. So tuck some 
you know, granola bars in, tuck some snacks that won't spoil, and you've just got them handy. Um, you've got to also plan a little bit around illness or injury. Um, it does happen. We get someplace, we're all excited, whether it's a day in the sun and we overdid it. Um, maybe they ate something that really disagreed with them. You've got to have plan B, a little backup to what do we do if there's an injury or an illness. And if you've got multiple kids, what's the expectation of who's going to stay at the hotel room and the others are going to go out? How are you going to balance that so that you're building memories for everybody and you're not punishing the child that happens to be sick that day? So um, those are really important. I also recommend you give some, some thought to your finicky eaters. So parents that are planning big grand vacations and we're going to eat at this five-star Michelin, you know, fabulous um, restaurant. Are you okay if your kid orders chicken fingers and mac and cheese? Um, knowing that ahead of time, right? Because you don't want to get there and create a shaming moment out of it. If you know you have a finicky eater, they're not going to try the calamari. They're not going to be interested in the sushi. Um, make that decision ahead of time that it's okay. I could probably do a whole podcast on, on food and trying food. In fact, I'm writing that down next. <laughs> Keep that in mind. We're going to talk about food issues later and how we can encourage kids to try new things but not punish them for having a certain palate and that. Um, but knowing it ahead of time. And then also be able to say for yourselves, well, we don't want to live, as the parents, we don't want to live on hot dogs and mac and cheese. So how are you going to make that acceptable for you guys to have a special dinner out? Some theme parks have childcare available so that you can go for a night to have a dinner, you know, an adult's dinner. But some of us um, vacation with our parents as well. So that, you know, you've got the three generations because grandma and grandpa want to experience um, Disney through the grandchild's eyes. That's fabulous. But have a conversation about how are we going to stop for lunch breaks? How are we going to stop for dinner breaks? And dear heavens, don't sugar up my child before bedtime. <laughs> Again, I'm, I'm going back to past events. Um, so these are all just the extra pieces for planning, things to be thinking about. Um, as you're getting ready for a vacation. But I promise you, having a little um, forethought and planning around them will save you on these bigger meltdowns and issues. So I don't want it to keep you up at night. I don't want you to worry about it. That won't do you any good. But if you have a chance to give it just a little bit extra conversation, know where each other's coming from based on you know the goal of this vacation for the whole family, you'll be leaps and bounds ahead. So that's it for today, everyone. Be well.